The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. We're in a series right now called What's Wrong With This Picture? And we have been talking about the things that can be on display in our life sometimes that can kind of keep us from the image of God being displayed through our lives. That sometimes there's stuff, you know, that can be going on in our life and we look at our life and we're like, man, what's, what's the deal here? What's wrong? And so we've been talking about some of those things that may be messing up the image of God being displayed in you and through you. And so uh, we started this series by talking about formulas and how dangerous formulas can be, that God doesn't want to relate to you through a formula, but he wants a relationship with you. Jesus loves you, and he wants to walk in in not a formulaic relationship, but in a real relationship like a father does with a child. He loves you that way. He wants you to see him that way. Uh, Last week, my wife Sarah did an awesome job talking about sin and how we got to deal with sin, that sin messes up the picture. And she talked about how we deal with sin. Today, um, I want to talk to you about an issue that I really believe is going to help you so much today. And we're going to deal with an issue that affects so many people. In fact, so many of the issues that we come up against uh, related to counseling sessions, related to emails that come into the church, letters that come into the church, conflicts that arise in the church, it all kind of comes back to to this issue I'm going to be dealing with today, and that is this. Maybe today what's wrong with this picture is you have a weight problem. Now... Now, before you get too excited about that, I want you to understand something. When I talk about weight problem, I'm not talking about your physical weight problem, okay? That's a whole other issue. I'm not getting into that with you today. That's between you and God, or your spouse. And I'm not talking, I'm also not talking about like a W-A-I-T weight problem, like a patient's problem. We talked about that in the Fruit of the Spirit. You can go back and listen to that. Today, what I want to talk to you about is the stuff that can take place in your past that weighs you down in your present and slows you down from your future. I'm going to talk to you about some of the baggage that we tend to take on in life that really keeps us from displaying the image of God in the world today and walking in the fullness of the purpose God's called us to. If you're taking notes, Jot this down. This may be in your notes. When you carry the weights of yesterday, they ruin the power of today and disrupt the progress of tomorrow. I'm going to say that again because you need to get that this morning. When you carry the weights of yesterday, they ruin the, the power of today and disrupt the progress of tomorrow. The weights of life will weigh you down, they will slow you down, they will keep you down, they will beat you down. And so we got to learn how to deal with these weights. Because the, the reality for every person in this room is that we are all on a journey with the Lord. God's taking us somewhere. And if you know anything about travel, you know that if you're weighed down, it's harder to travel. I love to travel. I really do. Me and Sarah, we love to to get away, to travel to different places, go to new cities, new states, try new food, 
see new cultures, just kind of get away from the norm. We, we enjoy that. We really do. And one of the things I've learned about traveling, and this is not a real profound truth, but I want you to get this this morning because the, the, the principle, the truth behind this, this truth is so profound and empowering. Okay, so when you travel, the more baggage you bring, the harder it is to travel. Again, not profound, but it really is true. I remember um, when my kids were little and we would travel somewhere. It was so hard, so hard. If you've never traveled with a child before, let me try to relate this to you a little bit, okay? Imagine that you're going on a trip and you have a carry-on bag with you, a very needy carry-on bag. (laughs) And this carry-on bag, like from time to time, the wheels just break off and fall apart. From time to time, the carry-on bag will just unzip itself and all this stuff inside just pours out all over the place. (laughs) Imagine from time to time your carry-on bag, if you're not paying really close attention to it, it'll just run off. Doesn't know where it's going, but it just wants to escape from you. Something inside of it says, I gotta get away from this human who all they do is protect me and keep me safe. I gotta get away from him. Imagine you got a carry-on bag and it has an alarm on it. And this alarm goes off at the most incredible times. And in order to turn off the alarm, you can't just like flip a switch. You gotta like soothe the carry-on bag. You gotta entertain the carry-on bag. You gotta find a way to make the carry-on bag content. That's kind of what it's like to travel with a child. Children are no help at all when you're traveling. They are baggage that you are taking with you that's very needy. Can I get an amen? Okay, so beyond the carry-on child that you're taking when you travel, you also have to bring stuff for the carry-on child. And by the way, that carry-on child needs to go to the bathroom at awesome times. They're constantly hungry and they want to be entertained. Okay, so you got to bring stuff for them. Like I remember we were going to um, California on a vacation and Sonny, my, my youngest Sonny was just a baby. I think, I think Bo was maybe two and Augustus was about four, maybe five at the time. And so we had so much stuff because here's the other thing about children. If you're traveling with children, children very rarely start the day and end the day in the same outfit. <laughs> Like, stuff's going to happen. Like, they're going to see mud, and they're going to go, yep, get in it. Or a fountain, and they're going to go, yes, let's, let's, let's take a bath in that. Like, they're going to do stuff. And Sarah and I, we like our kids to look, you know, put together. We want them to look good. We want to help them out. So you got to bring multiple outfits for these children for every day that you're gone. Beyond that, uh, we got a double stroller. We've got uh, pack and play that we've got to bring for the baby to sleep in in the hotel room. Uh, we've got car seats, we've got diapers and formula and all this stuff. So when you're, you're traveling with a child, you go to the, the airport, like you've got so much stuff and you're just managing and trying to deal with all this stuff plus the carry-on children. It's not easy. And I, you know, you, so you, you get there and you, you get everybody through the, the security check-in and you're trying to get them to not say something that's gonna get you thrown in prison. And you're like, 
there's so much going on. And then you get them to the, you know, the ticketing agent and you're, go, you're trying to get on board and then you get on board and you get them seated and buckled in. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I need my, my thing that's in the diaper bag that's up in the overhead compartment. And, and it's five rows down and you got to go get that out. And then you get, you get to wherever it is that you're going and you've got to go get all the bag. You got to go claim all this stuff now and put it on carts and then take all that to a, to a shuttle and then get on the shuttle and then unload the shuttle and then get in the rental car and load the rental car and then unload the rental car at the hotel and then take everything in those little carts at the hotel up to the hotel room and then unload everything in the hotel room and then unpack everything in the hotel room and you get done and you're just sitting there going, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. (laughs) This is traveling with children. Here's my point. Here's my point. The more baggage you have, (laughs) the more difficult it is to travel. But on the flip side, the less baggage you have, the easier it is to travel. I remember after we went to California, just a few months later, Sarah and I went to Birmingham, Alabama to go to a church conference, and it was just Sarah and I, and we were only going to be gone a couple days, so we didn't have very much baggage at all. It was just us. We didn't have the carry-on children, and I remember when we got on the plane, we'd gone through all of that same process, but we're on the plane sitting there, and I remember looking at her and going, man, that was so much easier. Why? Because the less baggage you have to carry the easier it is to travel. Now, it's a great travel principle, but I want you to know it's also a life principle, and it's also a biblical principle. The Bible says this in Hebrews 12, verse 1, it says this, since we're surrounded by so many examples of faith, check this out, let us throw off. Everybody say, throw off. off. Say it like you mean it. Throw Throw off. Let us throw off every weight. Somebody say, every weight. Every weight. That slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. That's what Sarah talked about last week. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So so get it. According to this verse, we're all in a race. God's called us to a race. And you're not just in a race. You're in your specific race. God has a race that's marked out for you, a very specific race he's called you to run in. He's got a purpose for you. A specific race he wants you to, to run in. And, it's, and listen, this is not a fun run. Like this is not just a little fun, you know, kind of, let's just do this for fun. Although I don't, I, mean, I don't even understand that terminology, just so you know. A fun run? You people are sick. Fun run. But it's not a fun run. 1 Corinthians 9 says this, verse 24, run in such a way that you may win. So in this race that God's called you to, a specific race, he's called you to run it in a way that you might win. And so what does he say? One of the ways that you do this is you got to throw off everything that's going to slow you down. And in life, sometimes there's stuff that we can kind of take on that will throw, that will slow us down. That word throw off there actually means to lay something down while at the same time pushing it far away beyond your reach. So understand like there's some intentionality in this. This is, there's some deliberateness involved in this, some, some calculation that's going to take place in order to partner with God to throw off some of the stuff that may be slowing you down. Now, here's why this is so important. Because in life, we tend to be baggage claimers. It, it's not that we set out to claim a bunch of baggage. It's just that baggage comes across the carousel of our life and we just tend to find ourselves picking it up. Things happen. And these things that happen throughout our life often become the baggage that weighs us down in our life. 
So, so for example, there are, there are lies that we believe that end up becoming a part of our identity. There are events that can take place in our life that we can't seem to be able to move past. There are life patterns that maybe we've picked up on that we fall into that we find ourselves having a hard time breaking. There are people in our life that say things and do things and they let us down and they hurt us. Even sometimes we see God is letting us down because he didn't do stuff exactly the way we thought he should do it. And then beyond that too, we do stuff. We fall short, the Bible says, right? We make mistakes. And, and so through this stuff, every time this stuff happens, we end up kind of claiming some baggage and this baggage weighs us down. And what we do is we, we, we take it on and then we just work to manage it. And we compartmentalize it and we, we, we make adjustments for it and we find ways to kind of feel like we're still doing okay, carrying around all this baggage. Some of it we know we're carrying and some of it we don't even know. Some of it's hidden away in our soul. Some of it we've, we've found ways to compartmentalize it and hide it in pockets of our life that kind of keep it down. But, but nevertheless, I want you to know you're carrying it and it's weighing you down. These burdens are weighing you down and God doesn't want you living that way. Galatians 5 verse 1 says this, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Yes. Listen, that's such a simple verse, but you really need to get it. Jesus set you free so you could be free. Right. <laughs> you get that? Okay, let me say it again. Jesus set you free so you can be free. And the reason this is important, and God even goes on from here to say this, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Because here's what's happened. God sets us free. We're, we're, we're a slave to sin. We're a slave to our old nature. We make Jesus the Lord of our life. All of a sudden, the cell door is kicked open. But a lot of times, we end up just kind of staying in the cell. And sometimes we end up kind of going over to it and closing the door, locking it. And, and bringing stuff into our cell that makes the cell even smaller and, and chokes us out. Yeah. We're baggage claimers. And so what happens is there's, there's stuff that, that comes up in our life and we claim it. So we find ourselves, you know, imagine you're at the carousel and there's bags going by and you find yourself going, oh, oh, that, that bag right there, I, I'm going I'm to grab that. That's, that's mine, that little black bag. Yeah, that's, that's my shame. Like, I, I, that's, that's got my name on it. I, you know, I've done a lot of really bad stuff in my life. And so this, this is mine. I gotta, I gotta carry this with me. Oh, that, that red bag over there. Yeah, that one's mine too. Let me, let me grab that. That's, this is, this is my anger. Yeah, this is, this is a, this is a family issue here. My father was a very angry person. And so, you know, this is just part of who I am. It's how I've been made. And so this is, this is one of those bags I've got to kind of carry with me through life and bring. So I got, I got my shame. I got my anger. And oh, that, that big, that big case of hurt, yeah, that can, that trunk of hurt, let me, let me grab that because, you know, there's some stuff that took place in my childhood, there's some things that have happened in my life, and, and that's mine now, and so I gotta, I gotta carry that with me through life. Listen, it is for freedom that Christ Jesus has set you free. Quit claiming baggage that doesn't belong to you. You don't have to pick that stuff up, so quit claiming it. Quit accepting that what happened in your past has anything to do with the future that God has for you. I want you to know this morning that God wants to take care of your baggage. 
He wants to take your baggage. John 10, 10 says this, Jesus talking about why he came. He says, I am come that they might find life and have it abundantly. God wants you to have abundant life. And I want you to know, abundant life is not a life burdened by baggage. God doesn't want you buried and burdened by baggage. And so Jesus came and through the cross, he made a way so that you could be free. He took your baggage on himself. He suffered for it. He died for it. He made a way so you can travel free and light in him. So don't accept this stuff. God wants to take care of your baggage. First Peter 5, 7 says it like this. It says, cast the cares of the world, your burdens, your hurts, your fears, that stuff that you're carrying around. God says to cast it on him, on Jesus. We're to give it over to God. Why? Why? Because he cares for us. See, God doesn't want you carrying around these burdens because he loves you. Listen, he loves you. Turn the person beside you this morning and say, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. And because he loves you and because he's a good father, he doesn't want you carrying around stuff that's going to weigh you down, that's going to hurt you, that's going to bury you. Because Jesus cares. Listen, he wants to carry. So you got to cast. So if you're taking notes this morning, jot this down. This is really good. Jesus wants to carry, but understand this, Satan wants to bury. Jesus wants to carry but Satan wants to bury. Satan wants to bury you under burdens. In fact, in John 10, 10, before Jesus talks about the abundant life that he offers you, he says this, he says, the thief, he's talking about Satan, the devil, the thief comes only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And one of the major ways that the enemy works that in your life is through burdens. He wants to slow you down and stop you in your track by weighing you down with all sorts of burdens. Because whether you recognize it or not this morning, I want you to know, the enemy looks at you today and he sees your potential in Christ Jesus. He knows what you're capable of. He knows as a child of God, born of God, a part of the family of God, he knows what you can do. And so he's gonna do everything he can to make, convince you that you should be staying in that cell, bound to that garbage that happened in your past because he wants to keep you from the life that God's called you to, the abundant life, because he knows you walking in abundant life means other people walk in abundant life. So he's gonna try to bury you under this stuff. And this is how how he does it, okay? Here's how the enemy works in your life, okay? He works illegally and he works sneakily. Sneakily and illegally. Everybody say sneakily and illegally. When I was uh, in high school, I was just a young lad, me and some of my friends used to do this thing from time to time. We called it jacuzzi hopping. And what we would do is we would, uh, we would break into hotels and we would go swimming and enjoy the jacuzzi there. And just so you know, Sarah did this with me a few times. So I know she preached on sin, but she can't fa- cast the first stone. All right. We weren't married yet, so anyway. So here's what we do, okay? We're gaining access to a hotel's swimming pool and jacuzzi illegally. We, we, we're not staying there, so we're, 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 we gotta be sneaky. So we would have to run like reconnaissance, recon, 
We gotta be watching and looking for an opportunity. So we're looking, is there a gate somewhere that's open? And if there, maybe there's not a gate, but maybe there's a person that's going and they got the key fob. We don't have the key fob, but they got it. And maybe we can just all of a sudden all jump out of our car with our towels and swimsuits and just kind of <laughs> walk in with them or walk into the hotel, that room. And here's the thing, when you did it, like you had to do it like, like you own the place. Like you don't want to be like Scooby doing it, like going, because <laughs> you're going to give yourself away. So you got to just be like, yeah, you know, I'm staying 403 or whatever. <laughs> So we would do this. So get this. We're gaining access to something that doesn't belong to us. To do it, we have to do it sneakily because it's illegal. And this is how the enemy works in your life. He works like Pastor Josh trying to get into a pool. Back in the day. He's trespassing. Like he doesn't belong there. He doesn't, he doesn't have a right to that place. But he comes into your life and he sneaks in. And listen, when he sneaks in, he's not just trying to kind of hang out for a little bit. He wants to set up camp and live there and burden you and weigh you down because he's trying to keep you from the life God's called you to, from the purpose God's called you to. But the good news for you and for me this morning is that Jesus made a way so you can be free and the work that is needed to accomplish your freedom has already been accomplished. Like we're not waiting on God to move. God's already moved. He's waiting on you to move. The cell door's open if you've made Jesus Lord of your life. He's, a, he's waiting now for you to walk out of it. So you gotta make the decision. I'm gonna do that. Look at this verse, Hebrews 9, 12. This is so big. Like Sarah was saying last week, tune in with me here, okay? Stay focused with me. Don't check out here. This is such a great... Great verse. Look at this. Jesus, by the shedding of his blood on the cross of Calvary, entered into the holy presence of God. So this is talking about what Jesus did on the cross and what he's made available. Right. Now look at this. And obtained. Everybody say obtained. Obtained. obtained means he acquired, he secured. Okay? So he got this. God's got this. Eternal. Everybody say Eternal. Eternal means lasting and existing forever. Okay, so he obtained something and it's always going to be obtained. It's always available. You tracking with me? Yep. He obtained redemption for us by that blood, by the blood of his sacrifice on the cross to purge. Purge means to rid someone, look at this, of an unwanted feeling, memory, or condition. It's already been done. It's done eternally and cleanse our conscience. You know what that is? That's your thought life. That's your mind. That's cleanse your conscience from the guilt of dead works. God doesn't want to just do a work in your spirit to set you free. He wants to do a work that's so great that you even forget about the garbage that was taking place before Jesus. Cleanse your conscience of dead works. Why? To serve the living God. Can I get an amen? Boy, that's a good verse, isn't it? Here's what it tells us. Jesus, through the sacrifice he made on the cross, empowered us to serve God from a place of freedom. That's what Jesus did. 1 Timothy 2.6 says this. He, talking about Jesus, gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. Are you an everyone? Amen. You are an everyone. So that means Jesus already purchased your freedom. It's already been done. It's eternally been done. It's available. Yes. So then the question becomes, how do we walk in it? 
because it's great to understand that, but yet we still can find ourselves, people and even Christians, struggling with bondage and struggling to walk out the freedom that Jesus Christ has has purchased for us. So how do we how do we step into it? God wants us to run this race, to run it to win, to be able to travel free and light with Him. So how do we how do we get there? Well, as I was thinking about it this week, God kind of kept bringing me back to this airplane analogy, this this flying analogy. And I started thinking about like when you go to uh, uh, the airport and you're going to fly on a plane and you're going to check your bags. You know, something I love about flying is I love being able to check my bags. Some of you don't like checking your bags. Here's why you don't like checking your bags, because you got to claim them later. But the idea of, hey, take my bag and I don't have to mess with my bag while I travel. That's a pretty sweet deal. So, so we don't mind that. We just don't like having to claim it later. The good news is you can check your bags with the Lord. You don't got to claim them later. Okay, so imagine that you're going up to the ticketing agent and you got a bag to check and you're going, you're going on a trip somewhere. You're traveling. The, the agent is going to ask you some questions and check a few things to make sure that you're ready to fly. And I think I found some parallels between that process and you stepping into the freedom God has for you. You guys ready for this? Okay, so here's the first thing. If you are going to check your baggage and unload some of the weight that you're carrying, you got a weight problem. We got to get rid of some of these weights, right? What's wrong with this picture? We got a weight problem. We got to get rid of some of the weights. How do we do it? Number one is you got to, here's the first thing you got to do. First of all, you got to have a reservation. You need a reservation. So if I, if I go up to a ticket agent at an airline and I'm like, okay, I got these bags that I want to send to Milwaukee, they're going to go, do you have a, a ticket to Milwaukee? No, but I want to send these to Milwaukee. They're going to go, that's not how it works. Like we don't take your bags unless you got a reservation with us. Like you got to be a part of this thing in order for us to be able to take the weight of your bags. Listen, the same way, I want you to know, God wants to take the weights and the baggage, but in order for you to walk in the fullness of that, you got to have a reservation with the Lord. Now, here's the good news. Because of Jesus, you have a reservation. Jesus made the way. Let me, let me show you some verses on this. John 1 verse 12 says this, but to all who did receive him, who received Jesus Christ, who received the cross, the work of it, repented of your sins, asked God to forgive you, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become a to become children of God. So if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're a child of God. You're born into the family of God. That's who you are. So now you're a part of the family of God. Look at this verse, Galatians 3.13. It says, Christ paid the price to set us free. That's what Jesus did on the cross. He purchased for you your freedom. He purchased for you salvation. So you're a part of the family of God and Jesus purchased for you salvation. Now look at this. This is part of what Jesus purchased for you. Ephesians 2, verse 6. And he, God, raised us, that's me and you, up together with him, talking about Jesus, when we believed, and check this out, seated us with him. You got a seat. You got a reservation with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Here's what I want you to see. If you've made Jesus the Lord of your life, you're in the family of God. Jesus is the one who purchases for you, and you got a reserved seat. So you have a reservation if Jesus is Lord of your life. And that's the first thing you need. So now you can unload your baggage. So you go to the ticketing agent and you got a reservation. The next thing they're going to ask you is, can I see your ID? You need an ID. And, and let me just tell you something. Uh, if you bring them a fake ID, they're going to figure it out. They got things that they'll do to figure out if the ID that you're showing them is fake. It's not really who you are. 
And here's what they're trying to do. They want to match up your reservation and where you're going with your identity. I'm going to let that sit there for just a second because I want some of you guys to get this. Listen, do you do that? Does your identity line up with where God's called you to go? Do you see yourself the way God sees you based on the cross of Jesus Christ? Or is your identity built around who you were before Jesus? The mistakes you've made. Because listen, if you're a child of God and you're still looking back at your mistakes and your sins and you're saying, that's kind of who I am, I want you to know, according to God, that's a fake ID. And that doesn't line up with where God wants to take you. That doesn't line up with your reservation. So you got to come into agreement with who God says you are. I don't care what they said about you. I don't care what... What, what they've said or continue to say about you. I don't care what you think about yourself sometimes. Your identity is not based on your sin. It's not based on your past. It's not based on your mistakes. Your identity is set in Jesus Christ. If you've made him the Lord of your life, you are who he says you are. You are what he says you are. That's who you are. Jesus paid the price for that. So you need to recognize that. You need to recognize and come into agreement with your real ID. So who does God say you are? Look at this. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. You are. You are. So the Bible is about to tell you who you are. This is your identity according to God. Now really listen to this this morning. Some of you this week, you need to study this, each part of this. You need to focus on it. You are a chosen people. God picked you and he didn't pick you because the team was all emptied out and you were all that was left. You are, you are God's number one draft pick. He picked you. He loved you. He died for you. He chose you. You are a holy nation. I'm sorry. I, 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 I skipped one. A royal priesthood. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Do you see yourself that way? As holy as royalty. Do you see yourself that way? A people, this is probably the greatest one, belonging to God. You can belong to God. How awesome is that? Now look at this, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Here's how God sees you. He sees you in such a way that he is proud of you and he is proud to let you represent him. That's how God sees you today. Do you see yourself that way? Are you in agreement with that? Or are you kind of like, well... I'm in barely, but I don't really represent, you know, I'm not, I don't represent. You're not in agreement with the identity God's given you. Once you were not a people. Notice it doesn't say once your identity was messed up. It says once you didn't even have an identity. You was dead. (laughs) Like the issue with sin is not like, you know, it's just kind of dirty. You're dead in sin is what the Bible says. You were dead, but God brought you to life. And now you are a people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That's, that's who you are. That's who you are. And you need to come into agreement with that. You need to get a real revelation of your identity in Christ Jesus. Because if you see yourself different than 1 Peter here, guess what? You're believing a fake ID. Your reservation doesn't line up with who Jesus really made you to be. And so you need to come into agreement with that truth. Here's the third thing that you need to... Recognize if you're going to live free and travel light, 
Run the race God's called you to run, to win. You've got your reservation. You've got your ID. Here's the third thing. You need to acknowledge you maybe have some baggage. You need to acknowledge you have some baggage. Now, I know as I talk about this this morning, there's some of you, and it's pretty clear, like pretty obvious some of the baggage that you've been carrying. Like even as I'm talking, you're, you're thinking back to life events and moments in your life, and you know, there's probably something there. And at the end of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity to kind of deal with some of that. Sometimes it's really easy to see it, but sometimes it's not. And sometimes these, these issues and these freedom problems that we maybe are struggling with, these burdens that the enemy has given us, uh, they're kind of hidden away. And the reason they're hidden away is because we hide them. Because we learn very early in life we've got to kind of hide stuff sometimes. Because, you know, we don't want to see them, we don't want them to see us sweat. We don't want them to see us cry. We don't want them to see us weak. And so we learn how to kind of stash stuff away. And, and what they said, that didn't really affect me, even though it, it did. That's a lie. It did. You know, my, my, my dad not being there when I was a child, that, did, that didn't really hurt me that much. But, I mean, we all know, like, it, it really did. That, that moment where that person I really cared about just totally disappointed me. They weren't there. They didn't love me. That, that word that was said, that moment, I, we, 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 we say, no, nah, didn't, it didn't really affect me. And what we do is we just go, that, that didn't affect me. I'll just kind of stash that away. I'll, I'll just kind of tuck that away. I'll put that in this pocket here. But, but I want you to know you're still carrying it. Right. And here's one of the problems is, is what you're doing really in that moment is you're believing a lie. And, and here's the danger of believing a lie. When you believe a lie, you become a person who can believe a liar. Yeah. Wow. And so the enemy comes along, who the Bible says is the father of lies. The Bible says lying is his native language. And he comes along and he sees a person who will take lies and bury them away and carry them. And he says, okay, here's some lies for you to carry that you can bury yourself under. If you're taking notes, jot this down. Buried burdens bury us. Buried burdens bury us. Several years ago, I, I was in a, uh, a, a kind of a class at the church I was working at at the time, and it was a freedom class. They were teaching us some truths related to the freedom of Jesus Christ and what it means to walk in that. And at the end of this session, it was really great. So many good, you know, cool things we'd learned about it. At the end of the session, they were like, we're going to take a moment here and we're just going to allow you to, you know, kind of bow your heads and close your eyes and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And, and, and so they said, I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I want you to ask yourself, what's a lie that I've been believing? So, so here's the idea. What, what do I not know that, that's, that's hurting me right now? That's what it did. When, if you're believing a lie... You don't know it because you're deceived by it. So what we're inviting the Holy Spirit is, hey, Holy Spirit, is there something that's weighing me down that I don't see? That's what this moment's about. Now, about 10 months before this, uh, I walked through probably the most difficult season of my life. Um, Sarah and I were going in to do an ultrasound halfway through a pregnancy to find out if we were going to have a little boy or a little girl. 
And we actually found out in this ultrasound that the baby had, had passed away. And man, I, I remember that moment so well. Um, going in that day, and we were really excited. You know, we had two little babies already. My son Gus was four. My daughter Bo was just a little over one. We actually had them with us. And uh, we were there, you know, excited. Is this going to be a pink nursery, a blue nursery? And I had my camera out. And this is kind of before, like, the, the iPhone was what it is today. So, like, I actually had a real camera with me. And we go in, and it's right before the 4th of July weekend. And the doctor gets out the little ultrasound system. And he's talking to us about, you know, our plans for 4th of July, his plans for 4th of July. And I got my camera out, and he's looking. And so I'm, I'm, I'm capturing this moment. And all of a sudden, his voice begins to trail off. And you can just feel it in the room. Something's wrong. And so I, I, I remember the sound of the camera as I turned it off. And then he said, I'm sorry, guys. But the baby's heart has stopped beating. And man, I remember that moment being so conflicted. Because... Um, in that moment, as he says this, I can see Sarah over here just being overcome with grief at the loss of a baby. And I want to console her and love her, but I'm also, I've got a one-year-old and, a, and a, like a four-year-old here. And I'm trying to kind of protect them and shade them from what's happening. And yet also I'm dealing with what just happened. And it was such an incredibly hard weekend. Like the doctor told us, because it's 4th of July, you can't deliver right away. You're going to have to wait several days. And so we were actually going to Tulsa to visit family. And Sarah had to go there and we had to spend the weekend, 4th of July weekend, my wife showing that she's got a baby because Sarah's little. Halfway through her pregnancy, she's popping out. And knowing that that baby inside of her is gone taking showers and knowing that baby's gone. It was hard. So broken. And in the moment, I remember I just, I just began to try to deal with it. You know, if stuff like this happens, you find yourself going, why and how? And very quickly, I, I, I came to believe something. See, I, I know God's good. I know God didn't do this. So here's what I began to believe. How did this happen? Well, it must be my fault. I'm the head of my household. I'm a Christian father. This kind of stuff shouldn't be happening. I must have left the door open somewhere. I, maybe I wasn't praying hard enough. Maybe I've got some unforgiveness. I don't know, but it must be me. Because it ain't God. It ain't Sarah. It's got to be me. And so I just, I just accepted that. And we turned to God and God just began to minister to us. And man, the love of God, it was so amazing. The love of God we felt during that season was so awesome. And God walked us through it and it's, it's always gonna be there. <laughs> but God walked us through it and he healed us so quickly when we turned to him. Listen, turn to God in your pain. Turn to God in your hurt. So we turned to the Lord. But 10 months later, I'm in this session and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like God's been doing a good healing work in my life. And so... I began to go to the Lord and say, Lord, what's a lie that I've been believing? And immediately I heard, immediately I heard, Felix's death was not your fault. Felix was that little boy 
that we delivered, that we lost. Felix's death was not your fault. Now, when I heard that, I didn't want to believe it. Like I was, here's the thing, I was so rooted in the lie that I couldn't even come to terms with that, it's, that there could be a different truth. So when God's telling me this, I'm going, oh, that can't be it. Okay, Lord, what, like really, what are you, what's a lie that I'm believing? Felix's death is not your fault. Oh, why am I thinking that? Lord, what's the lie that I'm believing? Like this is me in this moment. <laughs> and I couldn't get anything but that out of my head. And so I just thought, well, I guess I'm not hearing from the Lord today. And that session ended. We went to lunch, had some barbecue, came back and had a whole nother teaching, a whole nother session. At the end of this next session, once again, they invited us to go to the Lord and ask some questions, totally different questions related to a totally different topic. And so I go to the Lord now with my new question. And I ask the question of the Lord, and I'm telling you strong, God says something to me. He says this so strong. He says, I am not going to answer any more questions until you come into the agreement, into agreement with the answer I've already given you. Felix's death was not your fault. And this time I knew this is God. And it was like all of a sudden the veil just gets pulled back. And I have this kind of revelation. No, it's not my fault. It's the devil that did this. Satan is the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he took a child from my family. He stole from us. He got in, he snuck in, and he stole something from us. But God didn't do that, and I didn't do that. The enemy did that. And here's how ugly and awful the enemy is. After he does that, he works to convince me that it's my fault that it happened. And it's just like God shows me all this. And then God, who's so sweet in that moment, is showing me, hey, I, I don't want you carrying that. You tucked that away. But that's going to affect you in your future. You, you're going to see things the wrong way. And I, I can't have you seen that that way. So it's time for you to get a revelation of the truth. See, that's what Jesus is. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Bible says you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So in that moment, Jesus, the truth, came with the truth and he set me free. And the burden came off and man, freedom was established. I don't know what you may be dealing with today. I don't know what lie that you may be believing. And you probably don't either because you've been deceived by it. But my point is the devil will come in sometimes and he'll tuck stuff in. And we tuck it away. And we're carrying it and it's weighing us down. And it's keeping us from running the race the way we're called to. And so here in a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to deal with that. But before I do, here's, here's the fourth point. This is important for you to get. If you're going to live free and travel light, you got your identity. You got a reservation. You recognize you got some bags. Here's what you got to do. Number four, you got to let the bags go and don't claim them later. This is the great thing about the Lord. We get to hand our bags over to him. We get to cast our cares over to him because he cares for us. And then you don't have to pick them up again later. He actually wants to give you new stuff. He wants to give you a new identity, a new life, new hope, new peace, new joy, new fulfillment but you gotta cast it over on him. See, understand this about you. You were not designed to carry. You were designed to cast. You weren't designed to carry, you were designed to cast. But I've had a lot of conversations with people before where they're telling me about some of the things that they're dealing with, issues that they're facing, problems that, are, that they're up against. And I'll tell them, you just need to cast that over on the Lord. And, I, and more than once, somebody's looked at me and said, I've done that, Pastor, many times. Okay, well, then you didn't do it. 
Or maybe you cast it like a fisherman. Let's bring that back in now. No, 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 no. Listen, there's a different kind of cast. Take the rod and the reel and throw the whole thing over to the Lord. Lay it at the feet of God and trust him with it. God, this is yours. You can have it. I'll put it right there, Lord. I'm not going to pick it up again. It's right there, Lord. You can have it. It's right. Put it right there, Lord. I'm just going to leave it right there. Well, if you're not going to do anything with it, God, I guess I'll take it. No, no, no. Leave it with the Lord. I don't know what you're facing today, but the answer, listen, here's the answer. You got to dump it. You got to cast it. You're called to run a race. And to run a race, you got to be free of the burdens. You got to be free of these weights. So give them over to the Lord. I love this verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. If you are tired from carrying heavy burdens, come to me and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus says to you today. Come to me. Come to me. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning? Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.